What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Ablaze Youth Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Be sure to follow us on all social media platforms at We Are Ablaze. I'll just prep you guys, and we're talking about words. Everyone say words. But not just words, we're talking about the Word of God. And everywhere you go, people are identified by words. Whether you're an engineer, whether you're a doctor. You know, engineers, they wear uh, badges when they go to work, and it's got their name on it, and that, that, that badge gives them access to rooms. Doctors, lots of times, you know, uh, like the Mackins, you know, uh, uh, Naomi's dad and, and Noah's dad and Leah's dad and Elijah's dad. I shouldn't start naming all of them. Yeah, now you got to say them all. But every <laughs> time I right. see him, I say, hey, Dr. Mackins, because he's a doctor. And so words are important because they kind of label us and they kind of define us. That's right. Right? And there's nothing wrong with that unless it's the wrong words that are defining us. Mm. And so we have to be sure that we let the right words define us. And when it comes to the right words defining us, the only words that are worthy is the words that God has spoken. That's right. And so you can't let any other words define you except for the word of God. Can I get an amen? Amen. And if anything else tries to define you, you need to move yourself away from it. Right. Right. And we saw and we looked at last week how the devil comes to challenge the word. All the time. All the time. And we saw how he came and he challenged Adam and Eve and... See, he was so slick. He was like, did God really say that about you? Right. And Eve was like, I don't know. Did he really? She, she let go of what God said. And when she let go of what God said, she compromised. Right. And it changed everything about her and everything about Adam. See, they were created with a purpose. Everybody say, I have a purpose. I have a purpose. And this is why words are important. Man, there's so much to get into. But you have to understand that God defines you. Mm -hmm. And so we see what's happening with the devil and with words. He's trying to redefine words. And as he redefines words, what he's ultimately doing is he's moving us away from our creator. Mm. To move creation away from the creator, he's using words. Right. Trying to label us and identify us as something else because he knows because we were made by our creator, our purpose is wrapped up in how we define ourselves. Right. And the devil knows the power of words. I mean, he, it's no secret. And that's why when he went to Eve in the garden, he worded it in such a way to where there was doubt placed in her mind. Did God say that? I don't know. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. What you're saying sounds kind of good. And that's what yeah. we talked about last week is the devil's really good really about good. making his words sound attractive or pleasing or something that you want to obtain. Even when he t went to Jesus, because that's what we went over last week too. Yeah. He went to Jesus and offered him the exact same Thing, very thing that he came to die for. Yeah. He's very good at manipulating the words to get us in confusion because that's who the devil is. Which is really kind of where we're segueing in tonight over in John 8. The devil is, hates the word. The devil hates the word. Because he knows the word defines you. Exactly. And it says from the beginning, he was a murderer from the beginning. John 8, 44. He has always hated the truth because there's no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and he is the father of lies. See, the devil is so upset and so irritated that he does everything he can to remove power from our life. He doesn't mm. want us to have purpose because he is jealous of us. He's jealous of God because God got to be God and de the devil wanted to be God and that's initially why he got kicked right. out. And then when the, the Adam and Eve came into the garden, the devil was even more so jealous because God had these new little friends and he's like, whoa, 
I don't like this. First you kick friends. me out, and then you replace me. You know, like the devil's pissed. Superman. He's like, what the crap? I'm not gonna be okay with this. I'm not gonna let. The, I'm not gonna go down without a fight. And that is what the devil's doing. He's not going down without a fight. He's burned by. The, how many of you know if you've ever been like, you know, maybe you stop being friends with somebody, or maybe you're likely, you're like, you're all coming with me. No one else is having fun at this birthday party. If I'm being kicked out, you're all being kicked. That's how the devil is. He doesn't want anyone else to have their purpose because he right. lost his purpose. Right. Whew. That's true. The devil lost his purpose. Yeah. So he's mad about it and he wants you to lose your purpose too. So he's going to do everything he can to distract you to get you out of your purpose. So if we can back up just for a second, where does purpose come from? Well, purpose comes from the creator. And this is why you see through all of time... Science has tried to find other means of creation, but you can't really justify those other means of creation because without a creator, there's no purpose. Mm -hmm. See, God created Adam and Eve, and since he created them, he gave them purpose, rule and reign in this life. See, we have these different philosophies, and, and science has these different explanations, but none of them give purpose. Like, let me give you an example. If we're just here because of time, matter, and chance, the Big Bang Theory, there's no purpose in that. Right? If you're just here because of evolution, there's no purpose to your existence. It's literally a roll of the dice. But God <laughs> created you, and since you were made by a creator, see, the word creation implies there's a creator. Right. And the reason why the devil's trying to move us away from this, he wants humanity to believe in evolution, he wants humanity to believe, believe in, in, in the Big Bang Theory, because when they believe in something and they get away from God, which is the word, right? And when he gets us away from the word, he's gotten us away from our purpose. Right. Everybody say purpose. Purpose. You have a purpose. That's right. And as we begin to dig into this, you're going to understand that God has to be the absolute truth in your life. Because when God is the absolute truth in your life, then the truth of God's word will solidify you in your purpose. Amen. And so the devil comes and he tries to change those words. He tries to re-identify us. He tries to get us to associate with something other than God. And it's all about the purpose. Make no mistake, you have a purpose. That's right. You have a purpose. Amen. And your purpose is defined by these words and the things that God has said about us. Let me give you just a brief example. The Bible says in the book of Corinthians that you are a new creation in mm. Christ Jesus. Right. <laughs> and then it says all the old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You are a new creation. This is why we don't like the phrase, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Because the implication of that is, I'm still a sinner. Right. See, the, the preface there is you're identifying yourself as a sinner. Right. And as long as you identify yourself that way, then sin will be prolonged in your life. Mm, so good. So we have to say that differently. I was a sinner, but now I'm a new creation. Everyone say right. new creation. New creation. See, and when you begin to identify with the words that Jesus identified you, I am a new creation. When that's your identity, then you live as a new creation. You live with the purpose of being a new creation instead of the purpose of being a sinner. So good. Can you see just the small adjustment from saying those two words, how it re-identifies us, and then our actions follow our identity? Mm. Don't let the devil imprison you with words that become your identity. 
Jesus said, who the Son has set free is free indeed. So what does that mean? Every evil word that the devil's ever spoken about you, that the world's ever spoken about you, Jesus has set you free from that, and then he replaced it with his word. So good. Because he is the word. Man, you like ministering to me. That's so good. <laughs> Go ahead. Read <laughs> It's so good. And I think, like you're saying, it's, a, it's an adjustment. It's a mentality shift because if you, always, shift. If you look at yourself yeah. in the way that you saw yourself yesterday and the things that you messed up in yesterday, if you meditate on that, if you marinate in that and you consume your mind in that because that's what the devil wants, yeah. then you'll never be able to accomplish what God has called you to do because you'll always see yourself as inadequate. But if you grab a hold of that mm. truth of 1 Corinthians 15.33, I believe, or 14.33, where it says you've been created and new. Yeah. You've been recreated, and the grace renews every single day. So mm. everything you did today, the grace is going to renew tomorrow. You say, Jesus, I'm sorry about it. Let's start over again today. We're going to renew this again today. We're going to be created anew every single day. Yeah. You're created anew in the mercy of God. So anyway, we're going to keep moving forward here. Over in John 1, uh, chapter 1, yeah, I said 1, uh, starting in verse 1, it said, In the beginning, Woo, that's a long time ago. In the very, very beginning, <laughs> the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. And I love right here where it says that the Word gave life to everything that was created, which leads me to believe, and I have to trust, that the words that you choose, like we talked about last week, can either bring life into you, or bring life to your purpose, or the words that you choose to identify with can bring death to your purpose. So you have to be very careful about the words that we accept for ourselves. Because are we going to let a, a word be a part of us that brings darkness into us? Or are we going to be a part of a word that brings light into us? Yeah. Or even a word that makes us stronger. Maybe we already are living a word that's good word, but sometimes we're attaching words to us or we're thinking about things that might make us weaker because we, we get confused. Like, you know, because the devil, he's coming. He's coming to steal that word. Right. He's coming to destroy that word. And that's when we have to stand firm against him. We have to beat him back and say, no, 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 no. That's not what God's word says about me. His word is good. Yeah. His word is real. His word is truth. It's not none of that crap. It's not none of that mess that the world is trying to label me as. It's not that what the, word, the, the people at my school are trying to label me as. It's what God says That's about right. me. That's right. His word is life yeah. to me. And his word should be final. Yes. You know, what God says about you there in verse 4, Cody quoted it, but it says, life itself was in him. And so the attack is really on two things. What this just said in John is it said that Jesus is the word. So when the devil comes to steal the word, he's trying to steal Jesus from you. But then he's also trying to steal the word from you, which is what God has said about you. So it's twofold. Take away Jesus, which is the word. So that also means take away the word, which is what God has said about you. And that is his challenge. And if he can't steal it completely from you, then he'll try to redefine it like he did with Adam and Eve. Right. That's so good. And we mentioned it before in 1 Corinthians 14, 33, but I want to read it one more time. I want to make sure that we really understand that because it says it gives life to us. It gives life to us. The word gives life to us. And I want to make sure you understand that over here in 1 Corinthians 30, uh, 14, 33, it says, For God... Oh, is that right? Yeah. 
So God is not a God of disorder, but he's of peace. So anything that God says, it should be peaceful about us. It should be peaceful about That's us. True. It doesn't bring confusion yeah. to us. It brings harmony to us. I don't know if you remember a couple of weeks ago, I did a digital blaze by myself when Robert was out on <laughs> uh, sabbatical, oh, yeah. <laughs> on a COVID break. <laughs> COVID I sabbatical. talked about how there's two notes on a guitar that they can go together and they bring a pleasing sound. But if there's two notes that are too close to one another, it brings a... a it bring, I wish I could. Yeah, I'll just do it. So do it's it. Like, so there's these two strings here. So those two notes together, they're harmonious and they're beautiful Aww. and they make a, a joyful sound. But Ugh. if you bring two noises that don't go together, the things that aren't meant to be together, they bring a Ooh. sound that doesn't sound good and it's not pretty and it hurts and it's uncomfortable. But when you line yourself up with God's word. Yeah. It brings a satisfaction to your ears. It's harmonious. It makes sense. It's yeah. harmonious. Yeah. It brings life right. to you. Think about your favorite song. When you're having a bad day or when you're having a tough go or whatever you want to call it. Tough go. <laughs> sometimes music brings joy to your ears and it makes you relaxed. It makes you peaceful and it makes you feel like you can do anything. But if you're having words that bring confusion to you, it makes mm. you feel like you've been beaten or that you just want to go off into a hole and cry and... That's what the devil wants. He wants to get you in a place where you want to back away and you want to be in a place where, where you just you want to give up. That's saved, though. <laughs> the devil Ooh. wants you to give up, but the, the, Jesus, he wants you to know that his word brings life to you. It's yeah. peaceful. It's harmonious. Harmonious. And it will make you be able to walk in confidence. Yeah. Yeah. And so we got this uh, example, and we want to show you over here in Numbers 13. Everyone say the word. The word. Now everyone say the words. And so how do we identify ourselves? And so, uh, you know, God, he's always had this people group that belongs to him. And it was the Israel. They were the children of God, his holy nation. Um, uh, they were the Jewish people. But then through the work of Jesus Christ, there was no longer a veil of separation. And so Jews and Gentiles became the same in this sense that we all now belong to him. Amen. Yep. And we're very grateful for that work. And that's the new covenant. But before the new covenant, we had the old covenant. And it was a select people group that belonged to God. He called them his children. They called him his holy nation. And he spoke to them time and time again. And then he always gave them things. This is what I've given for you. And what we're going to pick it up here in Numbers is he promised his holy nation, his people group, his children. He gave them something called the promised land. Anybody ever heard of the promised land before? Right? And so we know that God gave them to this. And he said, you're my children. See, he labeled them. My holy nation. My children. This is who you are. Now I've given this, and Cody brought this out today when we were studying and working on this. You know, children, what a father gives them is an inheritance. Right, exactly. If you were to go to your parents' house right now, you have access to everything That's in your right. house. That's right. Because it's, it's their yours. house. Yeah. You can go in there and get in the cabinet right. and grab stuff. If I walked in your house right now and I weird. tried to get food, it'd probably be a bad day for me. Because I don't have the inheritance that you right. have. Right, it doesn't belong to I'm you. I'm not entitled to your parents' finances when they were to pass away. But you... You are their flesh and blood. You have access to everything that your parents have. And just like that, because we are children of God and Jesus died for us, we have access to everything. And so there was two people here in Numbers 13, verse 30, uh, and they went in and they sought out the land and they spied it out. And then it says, but Caleb tried to encourage the people. They stood before Moses. They said, let's go at once and take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. And so we see Caleb and Joshua, and they're stoked about it. Right. They don't care what's in the they land. They know who they are. They know who they are. We're the children of God. What can stand in our way? It reminds me of that scripture in the New Testament. With God right. before us, who can, who can be against, against us? And so they knew who they 
they were. Their identity was secure in God. We're his holy nation. We are his people. We belong to him. We're his children. That's our inheritance. Nothing can stop. So they were identifying themselves correctly by the word and by what God had promised to them and said about them, right? Right. And so those dudes are vibing. They're big chilling. Now let's keep reading and see what happens in verse 31. But the other men who explored the land answered, we cannot go against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread discouraging reports in the land. Everyone say words. Words. That's what these discouraging reports were. They were words. And what is a discouraging report? It's a word that goes against God's word. Mm -hmm. So when someone calls you stupid, that is a word that is in correct conflict or direct conflict with God's word because God's word says you have a sound mind. Right. The mind of Christ. Right. Right? When someone calls you ugly, that's a word that goes directly against the word of God that he's spoken to you. Because God says, you are beautifully and wonderfully made. Right? right. And so we have to decide, are we going to line up with God's word? Just like Cody was saying, when the world comes at you and stuff is happening and it's like, you have this word and everything happening and it's like, no peace, no peace, no peace. Well, you've got a word that says you have peace. Because Jesus said, I am peace, and my peace, I live with you. Mm -hmm. And so we've got to identify with the right words, which is the word of God. You cannot identify with a discouraging report, but you must respond and identify with a good report. The good report is what God has said. And so here we see that they're identifying with this negative report. And he says, we can't go against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread a discouraging report about the land of Israelites. The land we explore will swallow us up and and any who go there or who go to live there, all the people, listen to this now, all the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants. Now, this is key. The descendants of Anak, we felt like grasshoppers. So this is key. These other spies, in their mind, they shifted away from what God was calling them, the children of Israel. They shifted away from being called God's holy nation. And then all of a sudden, by saying, we are grasshoppers, they begin to identify themselves as insects instead of the children of God. And it hindered their confidence. You know, we talk about that verse where it says we need to walk by faith and not by sight. We need to walk in the confidence of God's word because this is exactly what happened here. They knew who they were. They knew they were children of God. They knew they were called to that nation. They knew they were entitled to that inheritance. But then when they walked in there and they started to see these giants and the the fortified towns and all this stuff that could easily come against them and destroy them, they begin to forget. They forgot who they were. They lost their confidence and they started to feel smaller and smaller and smaller until they saw themselves as grasshoppers and then they felt useless. They couldn't do anything. See, we have to, this is big in my heart, guys, and you've got to grab a hold of this because if you lose it, the generation after you will lose it because words are being redefined and they're going to be redefined forever. Yeah. Once they identified as grasshopper, they saw themselves as insects, which were insignificant to take the land. Yeah. See, once you start putting on all these unnecessary layers of all these words that don't line up with the word, when you start putting on all these other layers, I'm just an insect. I'm just stupid. Yeah. I'm just ugly. I'm not significant. I, I'm, I'm, I, I can't defeat this, whether it's a test or maybe you're about to go take your AP exams or whatever we take now. What is that? The, the SAT, SAT, the ACT? ACTs. You go to take it. If, if you in your mind have decided that you are a failure and you're calling yourself a failure and you're identifying with that label, you have failed the test before you even take it. Mm. Because you've put on so many layers of these false labels you cannot not function 
as the child of God anymore. So good. And so when we were thinking about this, we got this. The way it initially came to us was Cody and I were going to put on sumo suits. Yeah, and we couldn't get. And it was going to be amazing, but we couldn't get any. the The set that we could have got here on time was like sixteen hundred dollars. Yeah, it was a little much, slightly out of the budget. It was slightly out of the AYM budget, and so we were praying about it. And the Lord kind of showed us we could just do it this way. And so every article of clothing that Cody is about to put on is a label that society puts on him. It is a word. Listen to me now. It is a word away from the word. Right? And this is important. We're going to get into this over the next couple of weeks. You really got to stick with us and stay with it because the way God identifies you is more important than the way the world identifies you. And so he's putting on all these labels. Maybe, maybe all of his high school, people have been making fun of him and calling him a loser and calling him a loser and calling him a loser. Well, guess what? If society calls us that, what does God call us? Right? And we have to identify with that. Maybe he's like the children there of Israel in the book of Numbers, and he just feels insignificant. This one's important. You're not insignificant. You have a purpose. And the devil has snuffed out so many teenagers' lives because they felt insignificant. They're sitting there alone by themselves and he manipulates them with words to give them this overwhelming sense of insignificance. And before long, they don't believe they have anything to live for. By identifying as insignificant, by identifying as insignificant, they lost their purpose to live. Guys, this is important. God calls you significant. If you weren't significant, He would have never created you. Do not let the world steal your purpose. Everyone say, I have a purpose. We know what Cody's purpose is. He's been called to be a minister of the gospel. Part of the way he functions in that is he helps, you know, with Ashley, with the praise and worship team, lead us in worship. Aren't you guys grateful for what the worship team does, students and leaders alike? I mean, they just do an awesome job. And so we know part of his his job is, is to bring the anointing into this room. But maybe Cody makes a mistake and he begins to identify with, you know, I'm just a sinner. And he puts on this label of being a sinner. And after he's put on this label of being a sinner, it begins to affect how he operates in the kingdom of God. It begins to affect how he operates with all of us. He's put on so many layers now, the real Cody is no longer even visible, and his ability to do simple tasks is now complicated. His ability to fulfill his purpose has become so much more vexing and stressful and difficult. This is what happens. Get I can't help you, bro! That is tough. So... This is kind of the way we saw it. Now go grab your guitar. Oh, gosh. (laughs) I hope I didn't hear something tear right there. Oh, (laughs) your mic is buried under layers. (laughs) All right. My hair is like in my mouth. But before he even grabs his guitar, why don't you just talk to us for a second? Okay, so immediately I started feeling very uncomfortable. (laughs) It was unnatural. Did my mic sound awful? Yeah, well, I want to stop you. That's the point. Even his ability to minister is now restricted. You can't be below all those layers underneath everything that's been laid on top of him. He can't even communicate the gospel clearly enough to you guys to be able to discern and hear correctly what he's saying. 
See, if he starts labeling himself, God, I'm not qualified to be a minister. I can't do this. Don't you know? I never went to any theological school. I never went to seminary. I never did any of this stuff. I'm not, I'm not esteemed or qualified to do this. And he puts on that label of being unqualified when the Bible says God has qualified him. When he puts that on of, of not being qualified enough, it hinders his ability to do his purpose. Everyone say purpose. Perfect. And immediately I was also thinking about after every shirt or every article of clothing that I put on, I was thinking about how like the labels are constantly changing. It's never consistent. Mm. And so it's like one day I've accepted this for my life. And I finally was like, hey, they said this was who I am. So now I'm going to walk like this. But then tomorrow they're like, well, actually, you're you're really this. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll put this on too. And so over time I have built up layer after layer after layer. I just feel really hot. And like, I just don't feel comfortable. And it's really tight. And, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't even really look like Cody. You know what I mean? He, he looks like something different. This is what's cool about God's word. God's word for your life is always consistent. Yeah. And this is what the Bible says. It says the gifts and callings are without repentance. What does that mean? He never changes his mind about you. Right. The purpose God has put on your life, mm-hmm. he'll never change his mind about it. Right. Now, there's a lot of purposes that go unfulfilled. But that doesn't mean God changed his mind. All that means is we've put on all these layers in different labels. We've identified ourselves incorrectly because we're listening to a different word instead of God's word. We've allowed the devil to steal. We've allowed the devil to come in. And maybe it wasn't even like a direct stripping away, but just a slight manipulation. Yeah, you're not called to be a minister of the gospel. You're only qualified to be an usher. And even though ushering is good and it's necessary, it's not Cody's purpose. So then he settles for someone else's purpose and his goes unfulfilled because he has so many layers on, he can't function. You know, I'll just use it because it's an easy one. And all the students that are on the praise and worship team, you're about to get put on blast. But they feel like God has called them to be a part of this team. And in this season of their life, that is the purpose that God's put on them. I bet you we could ask every single one of them. There's been different attacks that have come to them to tell them they're not supposed to be up here. The devil trying to steal their purpose while they're in the youth ministry by saying, you don't sound good. You look stupid up there with your hands lifted. You're like Robert and you dance off time. It's just weird and it's awkward, whatever. And he comes with all these words. You're going to mess up. You know, I'll pick on doctor because it's an easy one. I remember when we were in the other building and he was up playing the keyboard. Oh, and I was like, doctor, you remember this? <laughs> I was like, doctor, that sounds so beautiful. And right when I put him on the spot, he hit the wrong note. And it was just, it was it was perfect. <laughs> it was perfect. But I bet you, I mean, I'm not, I, I don't want to say 100%. But the devil probably could have tried to use that to say, look, you made a mistake and everybody saw it and everybody heard it. You're not qualified to do this. You're not good enough to do this. You screwed up, man. You need to get off that stage right now before you ruin another worship service. Mm. See, we cannot believe the words we can't identify with what the devil says. We must identify. Are you hot? You doing okay? I'm very hot. <laughs> <laughs> so hot. We have to identify with what God has said. Yeah. Capable. Yep. Able. Wonderfully and beautifully Beautiful. made. Yeah. My children. My beloved. My creation. There is a move. Now listen. To still you, the younger generation... 
There is a move right now that's happening mm-hmm. to pull you away from your creator. Yeah. And the way the devil's doing it is with words. Yeah. It's no secret that I feel like when we were studying this, it was so interesting to me that like over in the book of Genesis, and I don't, I don't remember if we were going to go here tonight or not, but it feels like it's coming out right now anyway. But in the beginning, everything that he made, yeah. when he made daytime and when he made the seas and he made the birds every time he said and then god made this afterwards he would say and it was good yeah said god saw it and it was good And it was good so why should we think anything different about us yeah if god created you which he did (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) it's great if god created you which he did yeah amen he wouldn't say anything other than good because everything before right. that he's created, he said it was good. Amen. So what you need to start looking at yourself like yeah. is the other words that he's created, the other things that he's created. You are on the same level, if not even higher yeah. than that. When he said, I created Joey Ross, I saw that he was good. Yes. When I created Charlie, I saw that he was good. Yes. When I created Uzi, I saw he was good. When I created Every Sarah, single one I, when of I you. created you... When God created you, step back. I saw Amen. you as good. Yes. You are a masterpiece yeah. in God's eyes. Yeah. He doesn't create junk. Yeah. He doesn't create bad things. But the devil wants to convince you that he does. Mm. And he tried for so many years, I feel like lots of years ago, where it used to be like, well, the devil's just mad at you. That's why... You know, you broke your leg. You weren't meant to be a track star. He, he broke your leg to slow you down, to get you to pay attention. Like, he even does that. The yeah. devil tries to do Manipulate. things like that yeah. to make you think it's God's fault. <clears throat> but it's not. Amen. You just ate a pizza too close to your run, and you got misstepped, and you <laughs> broke your leg. You know, whatever. I don't know. There's no, there's no, I don't know what the reason yeah. is, but that does not, that's not what happens. God yeah. doesn't do bad things to you. He doesn't see you as bad. He sees you as good and perfect and wonderful and perfectly able to do your purpose. You know, when a person makes a chair, usually they make the chair to function as a chair. It'd be really weird if they built the chair and expected it to act like a table or act like a car. No, that would be an inadequate chair because that's not what a chair is supposed to do. He created you for your purpose. He created you for your purpose. I'm not created for your purpose. I don't want to do your purpose. I thought what I'm supposed to do. If I tried to do your purpose, I probably would be quite inadequate to it because that's not what I was built to do. He created you on purpose for a purpose, and he saw it as good. That's good. And that's the absolute and final word. Nothing less than that. And it needs to be the final word in your life. What God has said, the purpose he's given you, It needs to be the final word. And that's why the Bible says to compare yourselves amongst yourselves is foolish. I'm not comparing my call to Cody's call, my purpose to Cody's purpose. But I want to ask you this question as we close, and we're going to leave you with this. Underneath all these labels and all these layers, underneath of that, nothing has changed. Right. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Nothing has changed. Still the same plan. Still the same creation. Nothing has changed. With the children of Israel in the book of Numbers, nothing changed. Now, it happened at a different time, 40 years later, after the older generation had died off and the younger generation said, they're finally gone, let's go take it. And they they went in and they took it. But the plan of God, the call of God, the purpose of God never changed. Mm -hmm. 
And so what we're going to look at, and we're going to leave you with this, what we're going to look at next week is when the world puts these labels on us and we begin to identify and we start misidentifying ourselves. How do we take these layers off? How do we pull these labels that the world's put on us or even sometimes that we've put on ourselves? Right. How do we rid ourselves? Because Jesus said who the Son sets free is free ourselves. So how do we free ourselves from these labels and these things that we've been identifying with that don't line up with God's mm. purpose? Yeah. Amen? Mm. But what we want to tell you tonight before you go is remember, you are beautifully and wonderfully made mm. and nothing has changed that. God's called you according to his own purpose. He's given you a destiny. He's put it on the inside of you. And now is the time for you to recognize who you are and what's inside of you. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We want to remind you, if you'd like to join us in person, we meet every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. here in Madison, Alabama. We are Ablaze Youth Ministries, grades 6 through 12. We hope to see you. Otherwise, be sure to keep on listening to the podcast.